here at Medsplainers, we have talked through quite a few elections. We had every mayoral candidate come in and talk to us one-on-one. Last week, we had Nagasi come in and explain the school board race to us. And today, we're going to talk about the city council races that will be on this Tuesday's primary election. I'm Lisa Speckard-Pask, and I am the Metro Reporter. I'm Eric Lawrenson, and I'm the Tech Reporter. And I'm Abby Becker, and I cover city and county government. And this is the Madsplainers Election Edition. Okay, let us dig into the city council race. Abby, you are a resident city council expert. You've been interviewing a ton of these candidates and had them fill out questionnaires. So what can you tell us about this race? Yeah, well, I'm going to give you sort of just a broad overview of what is going on. So Please do. So there are 20 members on the city council, and um, every two years, all seats are up for um, are up for election. This election, in the general, there are 11 seats will face elections and see turnover. Um, so that's more than half, obviously, um, and, that's, and that's quite a lot of change. Um, but today, we're going to focus on the four districts that have primary elections. So these are the ones to watch out for on the ballot if you're living in those districts. So those districts are 3 and 12 and 13 and 15. So there's a good chance that on primary day next Tuesday, you might not actually see city council people on the ballot, right? It just depends on if you're in that district. Yeah, but you will see them in the general election, no matter what. Right, right. Because if you live in Madison, you live in a district and have an older. I do want to mention that before election season really even started, the city council was poised for a lot of turnover. This has really never happened before, at least that I'm aware of, where three city council members left midterm, um, causing vacancies that needed to be filled. Didn't also some others said they would not run for re-election? Yes, that is the other part of it, is that there were um, several elders who are not running for re-election, which, you know, left open seats, which I think does draw in more candidates to, hmm. to run. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were vacancies in District 16 and 19, and then later on in District 13. So um, the, those seats are, are seeing changes. All right. So this is just going to be kind of a quick and dirty overview of who is running, what the issues are, but... Just a plug really quickly. We have a lot more in-depth coverage, courtesy of Abby. Let's be real here. Yeah, Eric and I aren't doing that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lots of great um, context online at captimes.com. Yeah, there's Q&As and also stories. So you can really dig into um, what these candidates are all about on your own. So here's what I think we're going to do. We're going to go around and just talk district by district what these primary races look like. The issues kind of differ based on, you know, the different parts of the city that these people are vying to represent in this race. So first of all, uh, Abby, how about let's start with you. Why don't you tell me a little bit about District 3? Uh, first of all, where where is District 3? District 3 is generally located, um, you know, sort of north of Monona and to the west of Cottage Grove. Amanda Hall uh, was representing the district. She um, was the, one of the latest council members to leave midterm. Um, and so her resignation was effective February 6th. And she was leaving because her and her husband, um, I think, bought a house outside the district. And there wasn't an appointment there, right? It's like David Ahrens who represents a right. neighboring. Um... So in this case, uh, I the city did not go through with an appointment process like they did with the other three districts. And I think that's because we were just so close to the election that the city council president asked um, a neighboring alder, in this case, District 15 Alder Aarons, to sort of be the point person in case any District 3 residents had any issues that they needed um, to talk about. 
So like I said, there's three people running. Um, we have Mike Cero, Lindsay Lemmer, and Jared Schumacher. Um, and, and yeah, so, so you'll see their names on the ballots. Um, and broadly, these candidates brought up issues around um, emergency services and infrastructure and development um, uh, in, in District 3. All right, so so Mike um, has uh, been a lifelong Madisonian, and he's been in the district for about forty years. Um, so he's expressed to me that he's he's committed, right? He doesn't want to leave. He's here in Madison for the long haul. Um, Lindsay Lemmer is also originally from Madison. She's lived in the district for um, for the past two years, um, and she is a communication strategist in the area. Jared Schumacher, um, he lived in Madison for a few years in the early 2000s. Um, then he, he left and now he's back. And so he's been in the district for about a year. And he specifically brought up to me um, that he would like to see a better balance of residential and commercial development in the district. All right, let's head over to the northeast side to District 12. Eric, what can you tell us about District 12? Yeah, so we're talking about a north side district. The, the district is currently represented by Larry Palm. Yes, Larry Palm decided not to run for re-election. He's been on the council for quite some time. Um, he actually represented a different district for a little while um, before redistricting happened. Um, and now he's representing District oh. 12. This district is home to one of the big economic stories in Madison over the past few years, Oscar Meyer. They shut down their factory on uh, Packers Avenue in the summer of 2017, following a restructuring by its parent company. Um, They moved out of town, and uh, it's been a big question about how does the city sort of respond to closure like this? How can we help, you know, the, the people who got laid off? How can we help the community fill in the gap? That's kind of one of the big issues at hand here when we're talking about the District 12 election. Just a quick overview. we got four people who are going to be on the ballot. So we have Syed Abbas, who is the Eakin Park Neighborhood Association co-chair. Uh, he's talking a lot about jobs, and he sort of describes the Oscar Mayer side as potential game changer for job creation. Diane Farsetta is a grassroots activist um, who envisions the property complementing other institutions in the the district like Feed Kitchens, which is this nonprofit that that sort of deals with food entrepreneurship. Then we have Lydia Maurer, who is a State Department of Health program assistant supervisor. Uh, She's also talking a lot about emergency preparedness in, in terms of the issues she cares about. Finally, we got an IT professional, Mark Anthony Whitaker. That's how he'll appear on the ballot, but uh, in his day-to-day life, he goes by Anthony Whitaker, and he kind of described a technology development park um, in terms of what he wants to see for that old Oscar Mayer site. So yeah, kind of a lot of conversation about economic development in the absence of this huge uh, manufacturer that left town two years ago. That's what's going on in District 12. Moving right along, we got District 13, Lisa, tell me all about it. Who's in this primary race? I am all over it. So District 13, that includes um, Monroe Street to Lake Monona. Um, You've got Regent Street on the north and University of Wisconsin Arboretum and Wingra Creek on the south. Uh, The reason I am familiar with this district because there's a ton of development going on, it seems like, all the time. Some of those big projects, we've got a massive redevelopment of the Triangle Housing Complex. The city is figuring out how it's going to use its um, 3.5-acre site, the former Trumer Olson site on South Park Street. Right now, it's looking like it'll be a grocery store and some mix of affordable and market-rate housing. There's also a large development coming on the corner of South Park Street and Fish Hatchery Road and at... 1202 Park Street, we have a proposed permanent supportive housing. So that's a lot going on. 
Also, in the by way of development, Edgewood High School wants to build a stadium around their field. And um, several of these issues, especially the Edgewood Stadium, have been rather contentious among the neighborhoods about whether or not or how it should be built. Um, so who we have writing, we have Tag Evers. He is a talent buyer for FBC Live. The reason I know him is because he is also opposed to the um, Edgewood Stadium proposal and has um, done some activism in that realm. And a note about Tag, he's also one of the city's like longtime music promoters. He used to Did have, not know that. That's yeah, fun. Yeah, he had this uh, concert promotion firm, True Endeavors, has been a big name in the music scene locally for a long time. That's pretty cool. Um, also, he has said that the city's definitional crisis is racial equity. Um, then we have David Hoffert. He is the current president of the Dungeon Monroe Neighborhood Association, which is in District 13. And he is also a Epic Systems technical trainer. We have Justin Kirchin, who is a financial advisor. And he said, I think my experiences in financial services can help bring some financial literacy to the city council. So he's looking to use his expertise in that role. And then we have Lee Lazar, who is a insurance agent. He actually supports the Edgewood Stadium proposal and has said, I would love to be a person to bring some stability to this position and offer good representation. I should have mentioned that earlier this was represented by um, Sarah Eskridge, who left the role midterm and then was replaced by interim alder um, Alan Artson, who is not running for re-election. So, so this was one of the districts that the city um, went through an appointment process with to find an alder to replace Sarah. Um, and they, they chose Allen, and Allen is not running for election. Um, but Tag Evers and David Hoffert were two finalists in that process. So, so apparently um, the city thinks they're at least sort of qualified. <laughs> yep, so they were finalists. So, And I think it also shows from even back then that they were very interested in mm. um, city government and being, uh, yeah, involved. Um, and since we mentioned um, the stances of Tag and Lee on Edgewood Stadium, oh, yeah. I did just want to mention that um, David Hoffert has said he is open to the concept of a stadium. However, he's opposed to the current iteration because he said it lacks genuine negotiation with the neighborhood. So as a president of that neighborhood association in Dudgeon Monroe, he has been involved in sort of shepherding and working with various divided parties on controversial development. And so he cites that as a strength in working through some of those conflicts. And then Justin, Justin has said, that, you know, what, whatever happens, I guess, you know, if it's approved, um, that you would want the city to sort of have an enforcement mechanism to keep Edgewood accountable to whatever rules or restrictions might be put in place. So David and Justin were sort of more in, in the middle, um, uh, whereas Tag and Lee were um, on opposite ends of the spectrum. And just to explain this, um, a lot of the neighborhood opposition has to do with the um, noise and traffic and crowds that a stadium would produce um, and lighting because there would be night games. So that's kind of the reason that some people are opposed to it. All right. So last but not least, District 15 will also see a primary election. District 15 is on the city's east side. Um, it includes parts of Ulbrick Botanical Gardens. Uh, sort of a big issue there that you know, residents and the city council candidates are talking about is what's going to happen with the Milwaukee Street area plan. And so this is a special area plan which will recommend um, land uses and how the streets are laid out and 
locations of parks and bike and pedestrian networks um, for this huge area of land surrounding about a mile of Milwaukee Street. So this used to be the site of um, a 68-acre farm, which the owners of that farm uh, have decided to sell. The Voigt Farm. Yes, Lisa has written about it. Check Cap Times if you want to read more. This is a pretty big opportunity for the city to develop um, such a big swath of land. Um, and so, so yeah, so these um, city council candidates in this district are talking about and thinking about how that um, will go. On the issue of um, environmental health and sustainability, this district is uh, facing the effects of some contamination in well 15. That well is technically located in District 17, but it serves residents of District 15. Um, I've done some reporting on it, so again, you can check that out on our website. But um, essentially, there are some low levels of um, these uh, of chemical contaminants in the water, um, and the city and the water utility are figuring out sort of how to deal with that. Um, but this is come up in this race as well. So so yes, without further ado, those candidates are Grant Foster, Angela Jenkins, and Justin Williams. So these three people are running to replace Alder David Ahrens, who is currently the Alder of this district. Uh, so Grant Foster, he's a former member of the city's Pedestrian, Bicycle, and Motor Vehicle Commission, as well as the Long Range Transportation Committee. So um, he's also focused on uh, issues of better communication and open government, environmental health and sustainability, and livable neighbor- neighborhoods. Justin Williams works in nonprofit development at Community Shares of Wisconsin. He's um, the secretary on the board for the Lake Edge Neighborhood Association, and he's also going to be the president of OPEN, which is the Out Professional Engagement Network. Um, he said that, you know, he wants to focus on closing disparity gaps in opportunity, employment, health care, and the criminal justice system. Angela Jenkins is the president of the Lake Edge Neighborhood Association, and she's on the board of the Ulbrick Botanical Society. Um, she's talked about finding solutions for increasing the amount of affordable housing in the city, um, as well as in issues of accessibility uh, and equity. Those are the candidates in the city council districts with primaries. Um, The primary election is on Tuesday. That's Tuesday, February 19th. Um, And then after that, the general election will be on April 2nd. So stick with us because we'll be covering election topics for quite some time. Again, if you want more information on these candidates or on the mayoral candidates or on the school board candidates, these are all on, um, on our website. You can also find this information in the show notes. Tune in next week where we will be breaking down what happens in the primary election. Also, go vote on Tuesday. Mm-hmm.